Hello and welcome to episode 97 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host Stuart Butler and I'm joined today by the return of Jeremy Razook. I'm back. You are? They let me back in. Is this the third or fourth you've been on? I'm going to say fourth. Is that the truth or you're just going to say it? I'm just going to say it. Okay. Well, then it's... I can't take it back now. It is written. It is written in the law of this website. It is canon of this podcast. It is canon now. And I also have someone who should be very excited today, Melissa Kavanaugh. How do you? Do you know why you're excited, Melissa? I think I'm excited because of some number things. Yeah. So when, when Jeremy put these, these notes together for today's episode and... Uh, there was a list, and we pared it down to eight Which items the on the list. Best number ever. But not only is there one list of eight, there's a second list of eight. There are two eight numbered lists. It's my lucky day. It is not. Then that doesn't mean there's a sixteen numbered list. It means it's there's two, two separate eights. eights. It's twice as good. Fantastic. It's like a double rainbow. Yes, I've seen one of those. Have you really seen? I have. Did you get excited like that dude? On I YouTube? took a picture of it, but it just doesn't come out in the picture. It's not the same. No. And I'm very, very excited to introduce a new Fueligan to the podcast. She's been with us for quite a while, but this is her first time on the podcast. Welcome, everyone, round of applause to Brittany Mullins. Hey, guys. What's up? Are you you nervous? (laughs) A little bit. The good thing is it's not live. I know. So if you screw up, you're totally fine. We'll do. All right, good. <laughs> we'll just end the podcast completely. Um, so Brittany is is just like Jeremy is one of our marketing specialists here at Fuel. I don't uh, think she's just like Jeremy. No, she looks a little different. <laughs> she speaks a lot more than Jeremy. Jeremy is the quietest person in the office. I'm I'm the opposite of Jeremy because when I get nervous, I tend to talk more versus yeah. being quiet. There you go. But Jeremy, man, a few words had a lot of words to say this week. He he was the one that put together these these notes. So what's the subject today, Jeremy? Today's subject, Stuart, <laughs> is going over best practices on how to gain more bookings through area information. Ooh, area information. So, it, it's a controversial topic these, these days. It is. Indeed. But before we get into that, we're not going to do our normal sub um, segment, ladies and gentlemen. I'm really disappointed. Cause What's up with that? As you notice, I introduced four people. We have four people usually hosting the show. One of which is, is often Pete DeMeo, who's who couldn't be with us today. And he sings the jingle for the Newsaroos. Oh, sorry. Is it in the Newsaroos or the Newsies? Yeah. It is the Newsaroos. He sings the Newsaroos. And because he's not here, There's obviously, no we can't have Newsaroos today. So oh, I know. Tragedy. And not, not only that, but there's also no B News. Unless you guys have a B story. I was thinking about B News today. Something B Newsy popped up in my Facebook feed, but I did. I thought about Pete, and then I was like, "Eh, I'm not the B knowledger." <laughs> the person. B knowledger. <laughs> the one with the B knowledge. What What was the story? Do you I don't know. I honestly like saw bees on something, and I started reading it, and it, then I was like, "Oh, Pete usually does the the B News." So yeah, skip. I saw some bees. <laughs> You saw some bees. I saw some bees too. I saw. Okay, I have. Wait, I have actual bee news. This is this is real life. I was um I was over at Hobby Lobby, and there's a Starbucks right by Hobby Lobby, and we were walking in to get grab coffee, and I looked up, and above the door was a full on like bee honeycomb hive growing, and they're like closing the little 
honeycombs off. Oh. Did you tell Pete yet? No. He'll Maybe go get he can that harvest sucker. them. Yeah, he'll really? go get it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He I lost both his hives and he needs a new I don't influx think of bees. They were gonna, I don't think they were going to remove Like, I think they were trying mm-hmm. to like let it be natural and, let it be. and exist. <laughs> yes. Maybe, so. maybe the bees were just hobby enthusiasts. Maybe they were at Hobby Lobby to get No, they to were at Starbucks. Mati- oh, they were at Starbucks. Yeah. Okay. I didn't really follow your story. Maybe Starbucks can use the honey in their tea. That's what I was thinking. I thought maybe they were starting their own bee colony to like mm. make it an extra... organic Organic experience. Then you yeah. can pay $20 for a cup of coffee. There, there you go. go. As opposed to 18 yeah. without honey. I guess we did have bee news. We had bee think. news today. Who needs Pete? <laughs> Not us. Um, so let's jump into the show, shall we? So first of all, and I'm going to put this out there, there's some controversy, I feel like, about this subject, about should the question being posed is, should your hotel website have an area information section? You know, And, and I think if you look historically, people used to kind of j- just j- put up a generic content area and it would have a listing of local restaurants, attractions, very vanilla kind of content. And, and I feel like a lot of folks did that throughout the, the 2000s and, and, and even some still do. That's really not what we're talking about today because that, that really doesn't provide a lot of value. Uh, but we at Fuel feel like it is a good practice to have air information content if it's done correctly, right? But the, the pushback on that, some people would say, Jeremy, that... Uh, the DMO, the Destination Marketing Organization, should be the one promoting the destination. Or maybe the OTAs, who already have comprehensive area guides, leave it to them. And then my hotel website should just focus on selling the hotel. So what, what would you say to those people? Uh, I'd say, no, that's not the way to go. <laughs> say, stop right now. Um, yeah, I mean, DMOs and OTAs, sure, they, they'll kind of give you a generic view of you know what the area has in store for guests or anyone or visitors going to that destination but I think it's your job I mean you know the neighborhood more than at least the OTA I mean right you're there you're physically exactly there, like you're gonna have more information than what they're gonna provide so I mean there's really there's only benefits of actually putting in a, your own personalized voice yeah. into some content like that which is the challenge of the DMO right whether it's a CVB or a chamber or whoever they have, they have to be neutral. Right. They, right. they can't pick favorites. They have to be very vanilla, very generic. And you don't have to be. You can pick your favorites. You can tell people that this restaurant is great and this one is garbage. That's okay on your website. So so I think, um, yes, the DMO is writing content. Yes, OTAs are writing content about your area. But you can do it a lot, lot better. Right? Absolutely. But why? Why? Well, before we get into that, before we get into the why, don't, don't we have a... This is our new segment on the show. It's the stat of the week. Is that the, the jingle? The week. I don't know. It is now. It sounds like blankety blank. Was that show over here? Did you used to have blankety blank? No. That was the, no. That was the theme tune to blankety blank. It, but it was blankety blank, blankety blank. What is blankety, blankety blank. blank about? So I think you had this show. It was probably called something different. But it was... Um, they, they would have regular people that were competing and then they'd have celebrities and they they pose a question like um the man went into the sauna and some and the person saw his blank right oh it's the match game is that what they call yes. it yes okay yes um, which they just brought back like a year ago here but it was I've like never, a big it was like a game show ad living 
It was like in it the is. 70s it's like or Mad 80s Libs here. With, with a game show. Oh. But yeah. it was so like, the celebrity has to match the Right. Yeah, so the celebrities the would all, all write it down. Then the, the contestant would write it down, and the, you had to see if you, you'd yes. match with the, con, with the celebrities. So Yeah, it's called a match game. Oh, in England, it's called Blankety Blank. So you just ripped off their, their theme really tune. funny. Yeah. Never. It's simple. I mean, blank, it, you're, it's a blank, so it's blankety blank. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anywho. We digress. <laughs> we did. So what is the stat of the week? The Melissa? stat of the week comes from our friends at Arrival, who did a study this year in June on U.S. adults planning a trip in the summer. And they say, according to the study of, I believe it was 500 people, 75% of travelers will book a tour slash attraction slash activity upon their arrival to the destination. 75%. Yeah, that was an interesting study. I mean, there was a lot of, I don't know which one of you guys sent it around to the team earlier, but there was some interesting stats. And and one of the things I obviously took from it is the fact that generally, generationally there's a big divide right the older you are the less planning you're doing the less experiences you're looking for things like that and the younger you are the more you're looking for these experiences the more you're willing to plan ahead of time yes apparently young travelers ages 18 to 24 are interested in food and drinking imagine that (laughs) yeah i I would imagine that older people are too but yeah i mean some are some a little more than others i guess yeah for sure um I think what's interesting about the start of the week, though, is it says 75% are interested in it when they get to the destination. Right. And, and this might be a controversial hot take. There's so many people right now focused on packaging. You know, if you look at right. Hilton's trying to do it, uh, Marriott's trying to do it, Expedia's trying to do it, Airbnb's trying to do it. They're all trying to bundle things together at, at the point of booking. Right. And I just I don't think that's how people want a vacation. I mean, some do. But it's the vast major- minority, right? The majority of people, I think, want to kind of wing it. Yeah. They'll do some research. They might lock in, you know, that that going to see Hamilton if you're in New York. Sure, like the one big the thing. The one big thing. But they're yeah. not going to plan out a full itinerary. Right. I, I don't think. I think there's a lot of people putting a lot of money on the fact that people will do that. I, I just, I don't buy it personally. Um, but people do want to do things when they're on vacation, you know, where they come to a beach destination and and visit the beach itself they're still going to want to eat at restaurants or go see attractions or or whatever it is go see a show so how do that how do they get that information and how do they decide on which ones they're going to pick i think in part that the hotel can really help with that process so let's jump into what why should you as a hotelier we got eight eight total eight, numbers eight here eight things eight things reasons benefits if you will of why you should have area content as part of your marketing strategy well let's start with number one that would be a good place to start yeah start at the very beginning so a good start would be um or one uh very good reason to create that content is that it builds your property's authority and credibility as a trusted guide or source to the area yeah agreed with that i don't think anyone can argue what's number two 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 number two Building relationships with nearby attractions and points of interest that can potentially create incentives for potential guests, such as contests or giveaways or even just special packages, etc. Yeah, and we'll dig into that one a little bit more because it's it's also on our other list of eight. What's number three? Three, three, three. Rank higher for non-brand terms in search engines, so we'll catch more people near the top of the conversation of the conversion funnel. 
and um, he, you know where they want to travel but haven't quite decided they know where they want to travel but haven't quite decided where to stay right exactly yeah and a lot of people they're going to be you know going to an event going to you know a ball game whatever it is so that that vicinity piece is really important and if you don't have content about that you're not going to show up but if you do have content when someone's looking for hotels near xyz you might and we'll dig into that one as well but it's a big benefit more traffic equals more bookings especially if it's relevant traffic like that number four Gives your property a competitive advantage against other properties around you. All right. So think about think about it this way. When when someone's doing their research, in, and we know that consumers look at multiple hotel websites, right? A lot, regardless of how they start, whether they start on OTA, start on Google, whatever. At some point, they have a decision set of you know between two and ten hotels, let's say, and they've got to weed weed that down, whittle that that, that down to ultimately to one that they're going to choose what is it they're looking for you know we, we know a lot of times that's you know price it's value it's quality but it can also be things like the vicinity to why they're going to the right. town right Absolutely. so you you want to give them more reasons to to pick you so showing showing those reasons is, is one but also being helpful when people feel like you're genuinely helping them they're more likely to build like we said at the beginning trust and, and and then they're more likely to have a relationship with you, which can lead to bookings and, and loyalty and all that stuff. Number five. Gives the guests another incentive to book direct versus booking through an OTA or Airbnb, VRBO, mm. et cetera, because your information's already there. That's right. Again, it comes back to being helpful, but, um, you know, you could be offering unique discounts to those places you, just by showing people that you know about these places might again mean that they favor you versus the vanilla content on on the OTAs it encourages word of mouth exposure yeah I like that one you know marketing at the end of the day is all about word of mouth word of mouth right it's about perception it's it's about um, the experience that people have and if if you again we're going to say this word a lot in this podcast. If you help people make a decision and it's a good one, they're going to feel like that, that they have a stronger bond with you, a better relationship with you, and they're more likely to continue that relationship and tell other people about it as well. Number seven. seven, 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 seven. Builds a tighter relationship with your guests and can lead to higher guest retention and more loyalty. All right, which kind of follows on from the, from the last one, right? Mm-hmm. The word of mouth. They, those are kind of symbiotic. So oh, I get to do number eight. Ooh. What? Wow, it was destiny. Wow. It I was. seriously need to play lottery tonight. It improves <laughs> it, the guest experience. Yay. <laughs> yay. At the end of the, the day, isn't one. that what it's all about? It should be. Yeah. So how does how does having area information improve the guest experience? Well, I will say from my own personal experience, when I travel somewhere and I want to go out to eat, I want to know where the local people eat. I want, I don't want to go to eat at Olive Garden. I'm on that train yeah. too. I would much rather have a local's perspective than just a list of like, here's what's generically around. Yeah. Exactly. I think people want to feel less touristy and want to feel more like they're in the end with locals exactly. and stuff and going exactly Show me the secret menu, going. you know? Right. Yeah. And that that's what Airbnb are banking on, right? Their, mm. their whole marketing shtick is about stay like a local. You know, you're, you're living with the local in a lot right. of cases and they're giving you those secret things. Guess what? 
every employee that works at your hotel knows something is a local yeah. they have as much information as that host at airbnb and you know we complain about the advantage airbnb has but really when you break it down they don't have the advantage the hotels have the advantage they got the amenities they got the more local knowledge because they got more people and probably have more um the ability to create processes that get that information in front of the consumer in a more efficient way as well so it always comes back to experience at the end of the day so i think we've established that you should have area content right i think do we all agree any any naysayers here hold on i'm waiting for all the listeners to they're driving their cars into work right now to say yep yep i agree we should have area content 100 percent. so now let's talk about some best practices and 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 this is not exhaustive by any stretch of the imagination but these are some things that we try to encourage with our clients and when when they execute these or we help them execute these it tends to be successful right so melissa get excited it's another list of eight eight. all right so jeremy you put these notes together we'll let you do all eight of these and then we'll just kind of throw in our little words of wisdom in between so you want to go number one one so speak with a unique voice in your content. So travelers aren't looking for the same old story about your local area. They want to know something new or unique or special. So your content should be written with a sincerity and a level of authority that only a true local could portray. Now, I want to relate this to something that I think a lot of people can relate to, and that's alcohol. <laughs> I can't relate to that at all. There's a store in heaven called Total Wine. I don't know why we don't have one here in Myrtle Beach, but I have been to one now in Wait, Charleston. You said, you said in heaven. I know, heaven. because it's in heaven, because it's like the most heavenly place on earth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just, it's heaven I, on earth. I feel like we just lost our evangelical audience. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Anywho. So there's a really amazing store. There's a really amazing okay. store called Total Wine. And you walk in and it's obviously it is all wine. It's like every wine bottle you could possibly imagine. And I am overwhelmed by the amount of wine or what to buy. But the awesome thing about this store is that every bottle of wine has some little tidbit on it. And they have staff picks. And you can read why the staff picked that particular bottle of wine. And lo and behold, every bottle that I have purchased... That was a staff pick I have loved. Yeah. I agree. So Barnes & Noble does this now, too. At least our local Barnes & Noble does this, too. They have their staff pick their best reads, and they write, like, up a little handwritten bio. Mm-hmm. And I love that because then, you know, it is overwhelming going into a bookstore like that. Like, oh, great. Even if you go in with, like, uh, I just want something new, fresh to read, people still read books mm-hmm. versus listening. Yeah, to and think about it online shopping, right? Look at um, – Booking.com and what they do with their differentiation, right? Mm-hmm. There's personalized, they, they have these little call outs on each property. Well, think about Amazon where they have Amazon Choice. I yeah, mean, yeah. how many times oh, have man. you gone on Amazon yeah. and you're between a couple of products and you say, oh, this one's Amazon Choice? I better go with that one. Yeah. You know, I don't even know what Amazon Choice really means other than. I don't, you know, that's eh, a valid point. You know? I have been persuaded by that before, though. Right. So giving giving an opinion, and this is like we said at the beginning, you know, you can differentiate from your DMOs because you can have an opinion, and and I really think that's more helpful, and I think that's what a consumer is looking for. An for opinion. Sure. Yeah, wow. they want opinions, and 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 you know, have multiple opinions. It's okay to have something like you know the manager's pick 
and and then the you know locals favorites and and stuff like that you could be kind of cute with it and have a few different ways to to dice it but just differentiate and say these are the ones and and then stand behind it this is why you know if you're someone that likes spicy food here's our picks Mm -hmm. you know things like that just you can get really granular specific with some of these yeah exactly yeah but you gotta you gotta have a personality and and you know have an opinion but be authentic. Don't, you know, one of the challenges I think, and, and we'll kind of talk about building relationships in a, in a little bit. It's one of our, our ones with building relationships with other um, local businesses. You don't want to get to where you're forced to have an opinion that's positive about something that's not a good experience because that's going to backfire. Right. Right? You don't want to just say, oh, the guy that owns this hotel also owns this crappy restaurant that no one likes that has a one star review on Yelp. But and yet we're going to tell everyone that comes to our hotel that it's the best because right. they're all going to have a bad experience. Yeah, and then that's reflected on you. But if they go and have a great meal, and they come back, guess what? They're now appreciating what you did for them. You helped them have a better experience. Again, it builds, comes back to loyalty. It comes back to word of mouth, all those positive things. So no, are we on to number two two, 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 two. It's weird. I feel like we need to like delineate between the first eight and the second eight. So it needs to be like two A. It needs to be like two point two two two, and then two point three 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 three. I don't know. Just saying, <laughs> spitballing okay. here. All right. You look at me like no. Dude, yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, create a personalized travel guide or travel guides. So these can be based off of interests like shopping or outdoors or maybe theater shows. Um, guest demographics like families or couples or honeymoon honeymooners or through events people looking for local concerts or festivals yeah so not everyone that comes to your property comes for the same reason but they are coming for a reason right there's a reason they came to see you unless you're an extreme example like maybe a great wolf lodge someone like that People aren't coming to stay with you because they're coming to stay with you. Right. Right. They're coming to the area because, like you said, it's an event. They're coming to the beach. They're coming to shop. They're coming mm-hmm. to watch a concert, whatever it is. And, and, and those reasons are very varied. So the best thing you can do as a hotelier is is figure out what that is. Why are people coming? And, and figure out when there's a critical mass of those people that are coming to go fishing, to go hiking, to whatever it is, tailor some content towards them. Figure out what those groupings of people are and then build out robust content that's going to help each one of those groups of individuals. And a great way of just figuring out why people are coming to your destination is just to talk to them. I mean, just find out, like, what, why are they exactly visiting that destination? And then you can really tailor your content Yeah, I'm going to let you know a secret about the hospitality industry. I don't think people really appreciate this. The guests that come to stay in your hotel are not numbers. What? They're real people. <laughs> but I like Amazing. numbers. With real interests and real passions and real emotions. Wow. Well, my world is just... Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Down. Yeah. That, that's nuts. That's heavy stuff. Yeah. So when you talk- I thought I was confirmation number 194279. <laughs> this is exactly <laughs> what you are. There's, I forget what it was. I was reading an article the other day about, um, it was a fancy brand. I don't know if it was Ritz or someone like that, but they were saying that the, the owner before they sold, uh, the owner that created the brand said he never wanted loyalty numbers. 
he didn't mm. want to give guests a number because it you know it dehumanized them which i thought was really interesting kind of impractical but right i, I just i kind of like the, the philosophy at least but yeah people are people right they have a reason talk to them uh, learn from them ask them questions um the, and we said this a, a ton of times on the hotel on, on the podcast the best run hotels are the ones where the gm is out and about right. is mingling with the guests the ones where they actually care about the guest experience where they're learning about who the guests are those are the best run properties and if you stay at one you can immediately notice the difference because all the staff are engaged they care about you they want to know about you and they want to help you well i think too if you're like in a in a particular city you know like what people come to your city for like there's i think like there's certain cities that are so well known for like you know people are coming to the for this like a bachelorette party or girls weekend and there's ways to cater you know lists and content to those people yeah and i think that's where you start right you start with the common knowledge the ones that that drive the majority of people and then as as you've kind of completed those content structures within your your website then you kind of move on to the more granular stuff you find the little niches and things like that yeah but but so that's a good one jeremy i like that one a lot are we on to number 2.33 so offer unique experiences through your property so that's kind of creating one-of-a-kind local experiences through your own services or property services. We've talked about this several times on this podcast, and I just, I love this idea that if you can provide anything, that, you know, whether it's a yoga or hiking, or even if it's just shuttle services back and forth to local attractions, that is such a huge help to guests to not have to worry about that is is enormous. Yeah, and I think there's two two kind of pieces to this, right? One, one like you said, is making it convenient for the people you know are coming for a reason they go into a specific attraction or specific event making it easy for them or recognizing them some unique way right so if if there's a big festival going on offering that free shuttle stuff like that but then i also think there's an opportunity to provide amenities or some kind of event on property itself that is going to stand out in the area right you you can you can create say a a mini festival on property we had one property that used to have sundays they had like a kind of mini concert it was like a nightclub environment at their pool deck and it became a local event beyond just the guests that were there right so you you can create these things and and it could be stuff that uh people come to the area for at, at not necessarily the main reason but a supplement an experience that they can have that you're organizing and Melissa you talked about it last week about the property that does the the 5k yeah you know, on Wednesdays they, yeah. they organize the 5k or it could be we work with one client that does um campfires on the beach and every night you know or certain nights a week they'll have campfire stories and, and they'll provide s'mores to the guests and things like that you know it's it's creating experience creating a reason and then writing about that as part of the area information to make you kind of sound bigger and attract a wider audience as well. All right. Are we on to 2.4? So leverage your location. So letting visitors know what's near your property. And this is an opportunity to rank for non-brand search terms. So stuff like a hotel near a specific aquarium or 
rooms near a specific attraction or <clears throat> amusement park or something. So it's kind of top of the funnel stuff where people know where they want to go, but they haven't yet decided where they're going to stay. And so on these pages, we should include as much information as possible, like prices, phone number, hours. And if you have the time and budget, you know, develop a map of the area to show people just how close you are to some of these uh, attractions and places. Right. And th this is where you really can differentiate from, again, DMOs, OTAs, is, is by the vicinity is a, is a huge factor. And if you can write an article about this attraction is only footsteps, you know, or a two minute walk from this property versus just it's located in the heart of downtown XYZ, right? You, you're, you're given a reference point. And, you know, we talked about this at the, at the top of the show. Some of the factors that influence decisions, price in, in the deal itself, the value the quality, i.e. the reviews, things like that. But a, a big one, if I'm coming to that destination for a specific reason, that vicinity, the convenience of where you're located is a big deal. And you may not have the biggest rooms. You may not have the fanciest hotel. You may not have the best reviews. But guess what? If you're across the street from the reason I'm coming to town, I'm a lot more willing to let some of the other stuff slide. You know, especially if you're in the right price point. I was listening to another podcast earlier today. There's, there was a new podcast. I forget the name of it, but they've, it's a new hotel marketing podcast or a hotel content podcast. I'll have to look it up and put it in the show notes, the link. But there's only two episodes. But the guy was talking on it about he had a client in London that was getting a lot of negative reviews um, because the rooms are really small. And it didn't mention anything about the, the size of the rooms on the website. And uh, so they took a look at what, what was the problem. And he said, we got to own this. You know, we got to acknowledge the fact and set expectations appropriately. If we tell people ahead of time and set their expectations that the rooms are small, we're not going to get negative reviews because we've already disclosed that. Now, some people will choose not to stay with us. But most people, if you if you're if there's a value that you offer, in this case, they had a really good location to local attractions. They were footsteps from whatever it was in London, right? So if your marketing shifts from, we're right in the heart of London to, you know, we've got cozy rooms, you know, and but we're only footsteps from the London dungeon or whatever it is, that changes the narrative and changes when people walk onto property so they're not going to immediately walk into the room and go, what the Ugh. heck is this? I was expecting Buckingham Palace because I'm in London and now I've got this box, right? So I think you can look at vicinity to whatever the, the value around you is as a thing, an attribute to your property that is as valuable as anything else you can offer. Amenities, quality, you know, whatever. I think the vicinity can, for some people, be just as valuable. Right, and I, I think something like this will really keep peop, keep you honest in your content. I mean, you know, you want to, obviously you don't want to, with your example, the small rooms mm -hmm. and getting bad exam, or getting bad reviews. I think this is a good way of, you know, being honest and building trust with guests who want to come stay with you. Right. If you have something like a map on your site. Yeah, if you're seven miles from downtown Chicago, and you're claiming you're a downtown Chicago yeah. hotel, yeah, you're setting yourself up bad. for failure, good. right? Or if you're, you know, you're across the city from the bo the football stadium and you're trying to solicit, you're running ads on coming to the game, stay with us. It's just, it's not authentic and, and it's, 
it's kind of that bait and switch kind of thing. And ultimately, that's going to backfire in, in the form of disgruntled consumers that won't spread positive word of mouth, won't have repeat visitation, and ultimately going to lead negative reviews, which is going to affect everyone else that's looking to stay at your property as well. So you've got to be honest yep. and own what you're close to. In, in you know, location is something you can't really change. You, you can change, you know, can refurb the property, whatever, improve the quality of the staff, whatever. You cannot change where you are, right? So you've got to own that. And, and, and not every property can really take advantage of that. But if you are in a unique situation where you're just across the street from SeaWorld, that needs to be the cornerstone of your marketing strategy right there. Right. Moving on to 2.5. So build relationships with, or partnerships with local businesses. So this not only builds trust amongst local businesses and your property, but it also uh, builds incentives or potential incentives for guests. I love this one because how many times have you gone somewhere and a hotel be able to offer some sort of, you know, local discount or whatever because they are yeah, in relationship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is a really, really good one. And, I mean, it's definitely, I think, pushes a lot of businesses out of their comfort zones mm-hmm. because you have to make those connections and partnerships. But I think it's a really great one to offer to, you know, your guests. Yeah, it, it's, it is a lot of effort. It really is. And we got clients that do it well and we got clients that do it kind of half heartedly and, and don't get much success from it. But it really does require you to develop a deep relationship with some of these partners um in, in understand the mutual beneficial of that that relationship. So restaurants in your town want patrons, right? They want people to come. You have people that you want to recommend. The key is making sure that you're partnering with the right kind of establishments right you yep. you don't want to if your target demographic is is up market you don't want to partner with the local dive bar you know yep. right. so you've got to be you got to be somewhat selective um and, and and this is where you've got to be really cautious because sometimes your relation you can develop better relationships with people that aren't the right partner and and you got to really be disciplined when that happens so that mm-hmm. you're not really recommending something that isn't the best but i would say the best way to start that process is to go and visit those places go and eat at those restaurants go visit those attractions and then just have a casual conversation with the owners or the, the marketing people and just say hey i really really enjoyed this i think it'd be great for my guests you know i'd love to recommend people to come eat here to come visit here you know would you be willing to if, if i did that if i put in my welcome packet information about your restaurant would you be willing to give us some kind of incentive some kind of you know free appetizer something like that those are the kind of conversations that i think are good because if if i'm a guest and i check in at your hotel and you give me something for free that i wasn't expecting like a discount at, at a local restaurant immediately you've built favor with me right you filled my bucket i'm happy with that it's improved my experience whether or not i go and eat at that restaurant it doesn't matter you you've given me something i didn't expect so there's a real positive to that and then the flip side of this which is another advantage related to building these relationships is one of the largest it depends on your destination right if you're in new york something like that not so much but if you're in a small town a lot of people, locals, are going to have people they know that are coming to visit at some point right, throughout their lives, throughout the year. 
they they often i mean how often do you guys get people ask you hey i'm coming to Melville beach where should i stay right right yeah, all the time yeah. so where are people going to recommend they're going to recommend the people they have relationships with so those restaurant owners those attraction owners those you know the the local people that have pe- friends family that are coming to visit the area they need to recommend somewhere and if you've developed these relationships they're going to recommend you more likely than if you didn't have that relationship so it can be an indirect driver of, <clears throat> of business as well as a direct benefit to your existing guests as well so just i really like that one do it just do it I've we should hey somewhere. we should we should trade trademark that you think yeah, yeah. that's a good idea <laughs> For sure. Sounds familiar. Mm. What are we on? 2.6. I was at seven. I missed missed six. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. All right. So gain more exposure through paid search ads. So stuff like, or (coughs) using platforms like Google and Bing to target non-brand keywords like hotels near or rooms near certain destinations or places. Um, You know, use this space to promote the location of your hotel and utilize things like ad extensions to just drive the point home. Um, you can also, also when you're <coughs> creating these non-brand campaigns, based on attractions or places, um, use, the, use any aforementioned attractions pages that you're building out or specific destination pages as the landing pages for your ads. And on those pages, you know, make sure you have call to actions, booking buttons, uh, links to your room types, and stuff throughout your page. This seems like a no-brainer to me, just saying. Yeah, and, you know, obviously the ROI for non-brand is never going to be the same as, as brand campaigns. But these are still mm-hmm. qualified visitors right. because they're coming for that specific reason. And the closer you are to that specific reason, right. the more likely they are to book. Right. I think you've got to be really selective, right, when you're I, doing yes. this. It's got to be something that you really have an advantage over the competition and, and, and you have a reason they should stay with you. Yeah. Because we've, we've seen with a lot of our clients, it can work really, really well. And the best part about it is these are people that are, are, are probably new guests, right? Because of the type of keywords they're searching. Right. They're not searching for your brand. They're, mm-hmm. You know, they're not on an OTA. They're, they're coming for a purpose. Um, so, so I think it's a good opportunity to get someone into your funnel and really try to convert them to your guest and sell them on why every time they come to the destination in the future, they should stay with you versus the competition. But I think the important thing is, as Jeremy said, like that content needs to be, it needs to be really robust and it's got to be easy to navigate from that page. Don't just send them to a dead end. Give them all the things that they need to move on into the booking funnel. Yeah, for sure. That's a mistake a lot of people. We did a whole episode on that, we right? Did. Where you don't ever want to send, it, it, you never send someone to a dead end. You always want them to have the next step and that next step needs to be closer to booking every time. So, um, the thing I like about paid advertising is you can really test things quickly, you know, and learn from it. Now, things like events tend to be time sensitive, so you don't have a lot of time to learn and adjust. But, you know, if it's an annual event, you can learn this year and apply it next year. But you can see if by putting up an ad and putting up content about this event, if it's successful, if you get conversions from it, then you're probably more likely to want to invest more time in building an organic strategy, right? Building out the content so much that not only can you get the, the, the advertising exposure, but now you're going to get organic exposure because you're going to start ranking for those keywords because you're so relevant and people do want to stay with you because you're so close to whatever that attraction or event is as well. Absolutely. Can we go to seven now? Two point. 
seven, 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 seven. <clears throat> Promote local events and attractions through social media and email. So giving people a reason to come visit your area is a good way to boost business through email. Um, and so take a break from slamming your email database with deals and try to be try to take a helpful approach by showing people what's going on during the weekend. Yeah, e- email is so many people just rely on the deals these days. It drives me crazy. And I get it. I get the drug, right? I get that that button that you press today is going to show more more ROI on this particular send. But the long-term strategy needs to be one of providing value to the guest. Because yes, I might get more money today, but if that person that didn't isn't interested in deals for the next 6 months, they're going to probably not they're going to tune out, right? So my database is going to have a lot more attrition. So I really like the idea of generating especially in the shoulder seasons really trying to generate a reason for people to come and help them make that decision by promoting events, pro- promoting area attractions, saying what's new in the area, showing that you at the property have the campfire stories or what's going on or you know that that can really I, th- I think long term that's going to lead to a lot better ROI than just slamming people with the deals all the time. I learned something this month being the month of hurricanes for us in the in Myrtle Beach through one of our golf clients and they obviously were very much impacted by the hurricane and sending out updates about course information etc cetera, etc cetera. and they sent out an email that obviously was not promoting deals because you couldn't come here and play golf because everything was flooded but they got so much traffic from these emails from people who obviously could not come to the area. They weren't in the mood for golf, but they were genuinely interested in the content. Mm-hmm. And to me, that says a whole lot about the potential for good content sent via email. Like, it's, send something that's interesting and yeah. people will read it. Interesting and valuable. Imagine that. Yeah. It, it's just, it's really tough to train people to think that way because, again, they're always looking at what's right in front of them. And if, if we had a database and we were going to get measured on the next send, only the next send, mm. you're going to send a deal every time because right. the deal is always going to make more money right now than if I'm sending area information or events every time, right? Absolutely. As a one-to-one. But you've really got to look at what that does in terms of the quality of your database. What does it do to your open rates, your bounce rates, your your unsubscri- unsubscribes, your spam complaints? And we've seen a, a few clients, in, especially in recent months, that have really begun to struggle with their email because they've, they've stuck with this, I'm just going to slam out a deal every single week. Right. And they're beginning to really get hurt by this, especially because of the way the email service providers are beginning to look at what constitutes quality emails and what gets into your inbox, right? So look at Gmail, for example. They separated promotions and important emails right. a while ago, and they're getting harsher on that. So what Gmail does now is when you send a, like a 10,000 emails to Gmail email addresses, they'll trickle that in, and they'll see how the first 10% of people respond to it. If the first 10% of people are engaged and opening and clicking on it, then it's more likely to get into the inbox of so the, the other 90%. But if that first 10% doesn't, if they're spam complaining, if if they're just not interested, they're just archiving it straight away, the rest of the database is not going to be likely to see it. So you've really got to be careful 
at looking at email as a long-term strategy and not just a what's going to give me the quick win right now. It's 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 deferred gratification, and that's a tough lesson it's to hard. learn, right? You 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 always kind of lean towards that instant gratification. It's it's like in um, I don't know if you ever did this in school where the the professor says you know you can have this candy now. It's a marshmallow test. Yeah, the marshmallow test. It's marshmallow test. You can have the marshmallow or the candy now, (laughs) or in an hour you can have two of them. You know, and and how many people are going to wait? It it's that's the same thing with email, but the other part of this one was was also social, right? Exactly. Yeah. So starting off with paid social, like Facebook ads, Um, creating campaigns like specific to an event, Um, and targeting. So if you have like a, a concert coming up in your area. You know, you can target concert goers. You can target them by age group, by the types of music that they listen to. You know, to really finally, finally target some of those those ads and to show you know what's going on in your area. And then obviously you can target people based on interest. So if you have specific things around you like outdoor stuff, like hiking or fishing, you know, tar- you can show your ads to people who show interest in t- in hiking and fishing. Yeah. The- the thing I really like about social advertising is how granular you can get, how targeted you can get, way more so than, you know, search ads. Search ads are great in terms of intent, but social is way better in terms of demographics and interests and things like that. So right. getting that message in front of them. And I, I like, especially on the organic side, create events themselves, right? If there's an event going on, create a Facebook page under your hotel of people that are coming to your hotel that are going to that event, you know, especially if it's something you're involved in, mm-hmm. that can be really powerful. Right. And just make sure that you're taking advantage of organic social media, like fa- just your Facebook page, Instagram, and Twitter, you know, promote local things that are going on, going on in your area, like festivals and events and concerts, um, and highlight local businesses, you know, grow that rapport with them, um, other local businesses and things to do in your area. Um, promote services through, social media so like if you're creating an event like Stuart said or just promote things that your property provides and using relevant hashtags and tagging properly to reach a broader audience yeah and this is a good opportunity too to collaborate with other businesses like we talked about earlier building those relationships if someone is putting on an event and has that Facebook event set up you promote it on your Facebook page as well because then they're going to benefit from it and ultimately you're going to benefit from it because again comes back to being helpful. If you're being helpful to your potential guests, they're going to appreciate you more. They're more likely to stay with you, more likely to recommend you, more likely to have a great experience. Exactly. Are we on number eight? We are. <gasps> 2.8. So providing area information on property. So many guests will arrive on the property without a planned itinerary, as we've said at the beginning of the show. Mm. The three or we've 75%. Come full circle. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 360 degrees, that would be. You're correct. See? <laughs> degree edge is good. Thanks. You could have a degree in degrees. Mm. Mm. So having your front desk for Ben, <laughs> that was so unnatural. <laughs> no, like tumbleweed. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. So, pretend that didn't happen. Okay. All right. So having your front desk prepared to offer any personal opinions um, on places to eat or places to visit and being genuine with your guests is a great way of you know promoting information on your property yeah i i had an experience i went to the i stayed this is about a year ago now i stayed at the um it was in a loft in greenville south carolina and we got there kind of late 
didn't know where to eat, don't really know the area that well. And we went to the front desk. It was like, hey, what would you recommend? And this person, rather than just reeling off, oh, you, this is around the corner, blah, blah, blah. They were like, okay. They stopped and engaged us in conversation and said, well, what kind of food do you like? What are you in the mood for? Um, and then gave us two or three options and gave us the reasons why, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was really personalized. It was like a, a friend having a conversation versus just a transaction of an employee and a, and a guest. And uh, I really appreciated it. And they, the, we ended up taking one of the recommendations, going and eat there. It was a group of like 10 people. Um, we had a great re- experience. We actually said to the restaurant that the hotel had recommended it. They, they appreciated that. We went back to the hotel and said thank you. And, they, you know, it was, just, it was just a positive experience all around because they took the time not just to regurgitate whatever was at top of mind. They took the time to listen to us, understand our specific needs, and then make a recommendation. And every guest is going to be different, right? Some people are going to come in with kids. Some people are going to be, you know, younger folks. Some are going to be older folks. That So it's important to train your staff to really look at the guest as a guest, not a number. Look at what they probably are going to be interested in. But then, more importantly, have a conversation with them about what they're going to be interested in. And ask those qualifying questions. And treat them like a person. And everyone's happy if you do that. It's been a long time since I've given a shout out to Kimpton on the podcast, but I Not think I'm long. due. I don't know. I think I'm due. <laughs> I feel like it's like every six episodes you do it. I think it's been longer than that for right now. But yeah. anywho, w- my favorite stay in, in Savannah was at a Kimpton, and I was there over Christmas. And as you can imagine, there are a lot of restaurants that are not open on yeah. Christmas. Mm-hmm. So I went to the front desk and said, hey, what's open <laughs> and lo and behold they had a list of restaurants that yeah. were open just for christmas so that that's the kind of second part that's of this right huge. is having having the collateral having the material so yeah. taking the time to print that out and hand that out to guests is really important and if if you as a hotel have already gone to the trouble of creating these kind of local area guides for fishing interests or hiking interests or event whatever You've already got, you've done the hard work. You've already created that, curated that content. Produce it in a way that is printable. You know, we talked earlier about having a map of the things in the local vicinity. Hand that out in the welcome packet. Here are the attractions. Here's what other guests really like. Here's what we recommend. You know, print that out and have it, have it available for guests to be really, really helpful. I think that that can really be the difference between a good experience and a great experience at a hotel. I agree. At the end of the day, when we go to a destination, how what we do outside of the hotel has as big an impact on our experience at the hotel as the, the stay itself. Mm-hmm. Right? If we're having a good time, agree. we can really overlook some of the shortcomings of the property. So friendly staff always, always, always are going to make a bigger impact on the reviews that people leave, the experience they have than anything else at the property. And if th- that staff member is helpful and genuine... And, and useful, you're going to win every time. Huge difference. Yep. It's amazing how everything we talk about, we always talk about marketing, and it always comes back down to that fundamental fact of be a good innkeeper, be in the hospitality business, treat people like people. You know, every time, every I feel like every episode, it comes back to that in some way. Because it fashion. does. It does. Yep. Good one, Jeremy. Yeah. I like this episode. Thanks. Well done. We might have you back on for a fifth time, allegedly. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Brittany, how do you feel? What was your first? Uh, pretty good. 
That's hey, good. Yeah. You did well. Thanks. You, you were talkative. I, I talk when I'm nervous. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I'm a nervous talker. All right. So next episode, you won't be so nervous, so you'll talk less? Is that what you're Maybe. Mm. No. I don't know. Probably will still talk because I feel like you'll be nervous every time you do this. Uh, you know what? I'd say the first 10, I had like little butterflies in my tummy. And then I now someone, I, just, I just chug a beer before I do it and I'm good to go. <laughs> someone told me that was in like the show business. They told me if you're not nervous doing something like, you know, yeah. like putting on a show, yeah, then it's never a good sign. Wait, we're it's putting on a show? Good to be, yeah, we're, we're putting on a show. All right, I like that. Just putting on a show. I would consider putting yeah. on a show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, We've also got other people that listen to this show. We do. Yeah, and some of them, some of them like to leave reviews. Hey, Melissa, you remember a couple of episodes ago I was disgruntled because someone left a two-star review? Yes. But didn't I, actually write why they gave two-star. just left two stars. They just clicked two stars for no apparent reason. That's yeah. a cop-out. Well, screw them because we got another person <laughs> that left a five-star review. Yes, we do. I'm going to read it for, for our, our listeners. Yeah. This is from Climbed Unbidden. He <laughs> said, <laughs> the title is, Great for all marketers. Five stars. Whoa. <laughs> this podcast is very informative while being easy to listen to. The focus is on hotel marketing, but there's plenty of information that can be applied to other industries. Subscribed. Oh, nice. Nice. Thanks, Climbed what, Unbidden. Yeah. What was the name again? <laughs> climbed Unbidden. What does that mean? I don't right. Know. Climbed Unbidden. If you're listening, which they said they subscribed, so they would be. Email us, info at fueltravel.com, and tell us what that name means. Give us another five-star review. Just tell us what that main name means. Can you do Sounds that? Can you leave us? Can, can you leave too? Okay, well then, take that one away, then give us another one. Find a friend. No, find I got an idea. Friend. Or unsubscribe, then How about subscribe. This? <laughs> We're now, officially, ready? Drum roll. We're now on Spotify. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, so we're in the major leagues now, and... They can probably go leave a review there, I'd assume. I've never used Spotify, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. probably so. I think you can. So, so go to Spotify, And leave a review there, right there. It's funny. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and they're all like, hey, and now we're on Spotify, so go listen to us on Spotify. I'm like, but someone's already listening to you on whatever podcatcher they already use because that's because. how they're listening to this, right? If they only listen to podcasts on Spotify, they wouldn't have ever heard you until now. But now they did hear this, so what you just said is completely irrelevant. I, I don't know. But listen to us on Spotify, because that's where we are now, as well as all the other places you can find podcasts. But yeah, leave a review. We really yeah. like those. It strokes our ego, and that's really why we do this show. <laughs> it's all about the ego. It is all about the ego. We'd love, love to get reviews. The other news I wanted to share with you guys, so we're coming up. This was episode 97, so you know what that means. We're coming up close to a number that Pete is going to get really excited about because he's going to have two zeros at the end. We're going to come up to episode 100, our centenary. Did you believe we were going to get this far when we started this thing I two did not and a half think, years ago? No, I really didn't. Well, if I you had a guess, like how many would we get to? Like, like seven, 20. <laughs> seven and then lose interest? I, I was thinking about 20. Yeah, but we wouldn't do it if it weren't for the listeners. We have had so much support. It's amazing how when I go to conferences – People mention it to me, how they love the podcast, they listen to the podcast, and we, we really appreciate it. That's why we do this. We genuinely want to help people. In, in honor of that, we are going to give back to you guys on the 100th episode. It is an Ask Me Anything episode, so you can start submitting your questions for that right now. We're still, still trying to solidify the date. There's some things moving around, um, 
we'll probably announce that in the next week or so. But episode 100 is going to be a live video cast and it's going to be an Ask Me Anything. You can ask live, but we also would love to get some questions ahead of time. So if you have a question about hotel marketing, anything at all, then you can submit that to info at fueltravel.com by email. You can also go to Twitter and submit it at Fuel Travel. Um, we also have a Facebook page with facebook.com slash fuel travel. Any one of those methods, you have a question, anything at all about um, internet marketing, hotel marketing, we'll be glad to try to answer that on the show. Melissa, you got you got hit up this week on Twitter with a question. Uh, LinkedIn, actually. Oh, LinkedIn. My apologies. Yes. Somebody was having some issues with some cross-domain tracking, and I hope I will find out soon whether I solved his problem, but uh, I hopefully solved his problem. Awesome. So they, they said to you they're having trouble. You looked at it, fixed it, no charge. Here you yep. go. We're just nice people like that. We're just, you know, I did my good deed of the day. There you go. I hope. You paid it forward. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Melissa, if they do want to hit you up on the internet for any kind of questions... Aside from finding me on LinkedIn, which apparently I am there as well, but I'm also on Twitter at M A Kavanaugh, M A K A V A N A G H. Jeremy, where can they find you on the internet? You don't like Twitter, to, you don't like sharing your Twitter because you rant about football and stuff, right? College sports. Well, if they want to follow me ranting about that stuff, they can follow me at, at Jeremy Razook. Don't tap. You're tapping. Sorry. When I got you excited. Tap it, it like vibrates. <laughs> I got really excited. Yeah. All right. Football. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because you're so quiet in the office, but I felt like you rant on Twitter. Uh, I mean. Is that how you, just how you get rid of all the frustrations in the office? Is I just Twitter? yell through Twitter. Yeah, I'm on awesome. millennial problems. If someone wanted to find you, are you on the Twitter sphere, Brittany? I, I am. I'm not as active on Twitter. I don't think. I could be though. Wait, wait, hold on. When you say you could be, you're saying potentially can, in the future you may be or you could be and you just Twitter, don't know about it. I will respond to them on Twitter. Okay, what's your Twitter handle? I'm pretty sure it's Brittany.Adair, A-D-A-I-R-E. Ooh, and Brittany's different too. B-R-I-T-N-I dot yeah. A-D-A-I-R-E. We'll put that in the show notes because okay. no one's yeah, ever going to remember that's that. That's a really difficult one. <laughs> awesome. You can find me at Stuart Butler on Twitter. You can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. Again, if you have any kind of questions you'd like us to answer on our AMA coming up, the Ask Me Anything episode, live, video stream, then you can send that to info at Fuel Travel, or you can hit us up on Twitter at Fuel Travel as well. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Lemons are not bread rolls.